Let me tell you about the guy that's going to speak in about 30 seconds. I, I know that when I go through kind of a, a tough time in my life, I want to call Neil Burem, and I want to say, hey, Neil, do you have a, a lunch available that I could take you to lunch? And, and when I see him, you know, this is just me being transparent with you, that there's peace that comes over me because I know that he, he loves me. And when we get together and I just kind of say, you know, here's where I'm at. He doesn't just go, it's going to be okay. But he begins to kind of analyze and then he begins to speak the truth, the word of God into my life. So this morning, I thought, why not share Neil and his giftedness with our church? Would you give a hand to my friend Neil Burem as he comes? Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. And, and Gwen, what a, how fortunate you are to have them as your pastors. Uh, uh, I, just, I, think, uh, I think it's been an incredible journey that y'all have had. And I, I can tell you right now, it ain't over yet. Uh, there's some great things happening. And I feel the same time thing about getting with John and, and, and just having those lunches. It, it gives me opportunity to rethink my own place in life and where we're at, and it's great to have Carol, my wife, with me today. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak uh, this morning over the next few minutes over design your mind. Uh, there's a, a new trend that's going on in the business world, uh, and it's called design thinking. And design thinking is is really having such an influence. It's taking companies like, um, um, well. Adidas and Pepsi and Procter and Gamble and all of that, and the people who are yielding to or coming to that understanding how to design think, uh, the record is about 211 percent increase in all their profitability and their expansion and all that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, what's interesting is it's it's biblical. Uh, they're actually. Uh, the idea is not thinking bigger, but is about being a bigger thinker. And if, if, if we as Christians and believers could really grasp a hold of what the Bible already says, we're already on that curve. It's already there for us and we can and see and, and increase in our ability to, to grow and think bigger. And rather than thinking bigger, be a bigger thinker. And allow God to do stuff in our life. And so I have this diagram. And, and, and the way that we typically kind of work is that we have uncertainty and patterns and insights in our lives that we're looking at. It's all kind of a mess. And you may be in one of those right now. And so we do the re research investigation. We talk to people. We try to kind of work together. And then we come up with this potential concept or solution that we can activate. And then we just fall right back into the same chaos uh, it's going, man, I just thought this would be the one. You know, I know none of you deal with that, but I know Pastor John does. So, um, uh, But we get into this chaos where there's confusion, there's discouragement and lack of direction because we're going, man, I really thought that was going to be the direction we go. And in this process uh, that, we, that we go into, uh, there's this challenge that we face because it's like, how do I get from out of chaos to chaos? Because the Bible says we actually move from glory to glory. And so how do, how do we transition this? And so, I, again, I, I want to use uh, a guy you know, you're familiar with, Einstein. 
And he, used, he made this statement, and it's all so important for us. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And, and so, it, you know, it's like you, you, you have to shift your mind. You have to have a mind design, redesign your mind. There's got to be this shift in your thinking and th- shift in your process. So today, there's going to be a shift in our minds today. I'm going to really challenge that because you don't need just to be encouraged. You really may need to reshape your thinking because biblically, that's where it all starts. Uh, my granddaughter, I love her to death. She's two years old. She just figured out she don't like her diaper full. Okay, uh, she's come to realization going, Ew. and so she'll come with big eyes and she goes, I, I need a potty, I need a potty. And we're going, okay, let's just go to the potty. And we'll take her to the potty, set her up on the potty, and she goes, it's not working. It, it's not working. And, and for, her mind is that if I just go into that room, it's gonna, something's going to happen and I'm going to feel better about this. And, and, and it's not working. And so some of the things that we're doing, the ideas that we're getting they are ideas and they're not really the plan of God sometimes for various reasons, but it's not working. So going back to that first picture on the, on the bottom of it, if we go back to that, it's what we want is the uncertainty patterns and the insights that we have in our life to, with the research investigation. Hopefully the Word of God this morning will give us new concept to give us a divine a divine design for our life, and an innovation that gives us clarity, focus, and direction. That is the whole concept of design thinking. But in biblical terms, when you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things, all these chaotic things, have a process through the hand and the wisdom of God to work out and go, wasn't that good? Don't I look smart now? Because I held on to the Word of God and I listened to His voice and His direction in my life. So here's an important fact. We can't be changed by His thoughts without changing our thinking. Uh, We we can't coincide with with our thinking and God's thinking. Here's what it says in Romans 12, chapter 2. And it says this. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So the conforming is to respond, to take on the likeness of. It is to be imprinted by that, that like there's impression on you. You look like that impression maker. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, then you will be able to test and approve what God's Will is is good, pleasing, and perfect will. And, and I would say, here, here we are, we're in church, so of course you would love to know God's will. His good, perfect, and pleasing will in our life. But he says, there's something that precedes that. And what precedes that is we, we gain the ability to understand God's purpose and will in our life when our mind is shaped to His thoughts and not to our own. And so this conformity takes place. And, and, and this to conform oneself or our pattern after that likeness of God. So here's five common conforming life patterns that you and I deal with or are around on a daily basis. And one of them, and, and this is the world-based pattern, it is, it is fear. Fear absolutely can get in our mind, right? Fear is a forming, conforming pattern. And the reason that I believe that God is saying and wants to express this this morning is because sometimes in our life, we never dealt with fear until something happened. And that's the second one. The second one is pain and trauma. Pain and trauma can come in our life 
And it can, it can manifest in the area of fear. And, and when we used to not walk in fear for some reason, we're, we, we have this fear in our lives that we used to not have. Or you're prone to fear. And it was based out of a traumatic situation or trauma in your life, a painful situation. And now it's affected you. And then another one, a third one is the flesh. The flesh is actually, it, the Bible says that you're born with this flesh. And, and, it, and it says this, in, uh, actually that, that's in James chapter 1, verse 14. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. And so one of these um, five common conforming life patterns is that the flesh is constantly trying to get you to take on the characteristics of that item. It, this fear, this pain and the trauma, uh, this, this uh, flesh is trying to get you to conform to what it is telling you. So every day we're walking around with these voice trying to compel us to move into one of these areas of our uh, of, of the world's patterns. A fourth one is environment. And, and our environment today is, is, is really uh, crazy. We, we can't help from time to time. Now listen to this statement. And I want you to, I'm going to say it twice because I think it's important. We can't help from time to time to be advised by people who have learned to manage or cope in life without God. I'm going to say it again. Please try to understand. We can't help from time to time, to be advised by people who have learned to manage life without God. They've learned to cope without God. And they become advisors to us. We say, hey man, I'm going through this. And they go, hey, here's what you need to do. And we don't realize that they are speaking in our hearts, trying to change our thoughts to conform to coping rather than the wisdom of God. And so our environment does that. Our environment... Uh, uh, Without even knowing uh, that these people have a different perspective because they have different thoughts in them, and if those who thoughts uh, if those thoughts rule his thoughts, uh, I'm sorry. Let me say this: their thoughts can become your thoughts, and if those thoughts rule his thoughts, God's thoughts are silenced. We don't realize that we have taken on their thoughts, therefore conforming to that. And so it's good to stop every once in a while in a church service like this and go, hey, by the way, you're in an environment that thinks differently. They have learned to cope and they've learned to live apart from God. They've learned to do life without God. They have advised you during the week, whether you know it or not, and have tried to get you to conform. And without even realizing it, maybe it's a weak moment in your life, you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with some pain, or you're dealing with some flesh in your life, and you come susceptible to the environment that you're around. And God gives us wonderful day on Sunday to say, hey, it's a wake-up time, okay? You had that impression. It's trying to get you to conform. Hey, we're coming to Jesus, right? We're coming to the likeness of Christ. And so we just we need this every once in a while to kind of go, oh, wow, what was I thinking? Yeah? What was I thinking? I was thinking of conforming to something other than Christ, and that's not what I want. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for waking me up today and bring me to a renewed mind of going, wow, that's why it's good to be in the house of the Lord, to be refreshing and, and be reminded of what it's all like. 
And here's the last one, is training education. It's just basically in your face, influencing directly to change your thoughts. And that's an environment that we're in. It's a very confrontational time of going, this is how we think, I want to influence that on you, and it's really a way that the world tries, without knowing, they're, they're trying to advise you, but they're apart from God. So here's what these five common conforming life patterns can have a, a huge influence on the wall your ladder is leaning on. So if these five patterns, this fear, this pain, and trauma, this flesh, or this environment, or this teaching, and, and, and training education that you get on a weekly basis keeps coming at you, what happens if you become susceptible to it, if it's fear, you will lean your ladder over here because uh, what you want more than anything is security when fear's in your life and you don't realize you're not getting over there where you want to really live. If, if you are dealing with pain and trauma, then you lean your ladder over on security and control and, and the ability of isolation so you don't get hurt anymore, but you're not living in the fullness of God. You, this, this is having influence in you and it is getting in your heart. It's not the mind of God and your ladder's on the wrong wall. Here's another one. If flesh is getting into you, if flesh is getting, you'll lean the wall on bad relationships and unrighteous actions in your life and you'll climb up a wall and you go, why am I not on that wall? Right? Or if, it's, if the influence of the patterns of the world in the environment that you live or over here, then you'll take a consensus what everybody else thinks and does, and you don't realize you're trading out the thoughts of God for the thoughts of this world. And here's, here's this, this part of coming to God. Ephesians 4.14 says this, and this is the desire for, that God has for you. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by, wave, by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. God's desire is that you no longer get blown around. And, and really, it's our desire this morning, isn't it? I don't, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be tossed around anymore. I want to be solid. I want to walk. I want to wake up. I, I want some spiritual aggression in my life. I, I want something to, to really set deep in me and listen, we can't help from time to time to be advised by people who have learned to manage life without God. They have a different perspective. Their thoughts can become your thoughts. And if those thoughts rule, his thoughts are silent. So here's spiritual-based patterns in our life. Instead of fear, we have the power of love and sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. We have that. It's going, oh man, what was I thinking? Why am I in fear? God didn't give me that spirit. That's not God's spirit in me. For, for traumas and pain in our life. It's a focused life. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. This is a dynamic scripture. Why don't you all just read this with me, would you? You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering and with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. He says, in the middle of all this chaos, remember that first picture, all the swirliness of chaos and craziness in our life. I know no one's going through this, but you might need it next week. I'm not sure, but the craziness of chaos in our life. He says, you became imitators of us. You reflected the likeness of us and of Christ in the middle of that. Why? Why did that happen? Why did these Thessalonians become imitators in probably one of the worst times of their life? in the biggest trials of their life. 
It says, for you welcomed the message. You welcomed it with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's what we do. Here's, here's what we do right now, this morning. Go, Holy Spirit, I, I, want to, I want to change my attitude of how I'm accepting your word. And I welcome, I welcome your word right now. Do you do that? Do you welcome his word in your life right now? He says that your suffering and trauma that you're going through in your life absolutely will submit to the thoughts of God. And the Holy Spirit will move in on you and give you joy and go, I know I should be sad if I was dealing with life without God, but I'm not. I'm not going through life without God. And I welcome the word of God and it, it will conform you to the likeness of Christ. It will move you in that direction. Is that signal my time's almost up? Or... <laughs> that, that third area where environment, I mean, uh, where our flesh is, it's submission and, and self-denial. Uh, <clears throat> mm. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying uh, to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And it's one of the challenges. Listen, God's thoughts wants to move in on you. <laughs> he wants to rule in your life. You have, a, you have been given a full pardon from the prison of what has kept you on the wrong wall. I remember I, had, I was praying, I was struggling in my life, and I, I, was, I said, God, I just, I just need you to you know, come through for me, come through. And, and, and he j gives me a picture in my head. And, and I'm seeing, it's a, I, it's a ring where they're wrestling. You know, the wrestling, uh, and I used to say wrestling, but that's West Texas, so I've, I've moved up to Dallas. So wrestling, and, and uh, there was a wrestling ring, and I saw the opponent, you know, big guy is about to body slam me, and I'm going, oh, God, give me strength. God, give me strength. And I see it there. And the Lord just says, look at yourself. And I go, what are you talking about? He said, look at yourself. And I looked on, I had a referee shirt on. And he goes, you're not a wrestler. You're the referee. And, and I, I, I saw in my spirit, just get off the mat. I had the power to say, get off the mat. But we don't realize he contends with us. And you think, I'm wrestling with saying, no, you're the ref. God has given that to you. When, when he, pur he purchased that, he bought you that shirt. <laughs> Here's the fourth one. In, instead of the environment, it's you're being sent and commissioned by God. No longer a thermo uh, thermometer. You're the thermostat in the area. And God is doing something in you. He wants to redesign your mind. And that fifth one is instead of training and education, it's training and discipleship. Here's, here's an interesting thing. Because training and education basically exalts their opinions and feelings and thoughts above the Word of God. But training and discipleship exalt the Word of God above their opinions, feelings, and thoughts. And when we are moving toward God, listen, believers focus only on the passage that... In the front, well, let me just stop here. Not only are we conforming indifferently today, there's the world that we're conforming with, there's believers that we're conforming with, and there's disciples that we're conforming with. Here's what a believer does a believer looks at God for all the promises he makes for them, 
But a disciple looks at the Word of God for all the responsibilities he has for God. And as a disciple of God, we are dealing with the conformity of just being a believer, not a disciple. And we're being challenged to say, will you follow Christ? Will you submit to Him? And will you let Him have His way? Jesus did not ask us to make believers, but He commanded us to make disciples. So here's, so, so what about Jesus? It's, it's Philippians 2.8 says this, And being found in fashion as man, so Jesus was in a place to be conformed, if that was possible. He, was, he put himself in a place of where he could be conformed to. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. So here's the three important truths for you to get. Truth number one is, we can't get what Jesus got until we do what Jesus did. So, so what was it that Jesus did? He, he put himself in a position to risk being conformed to the patterns of the world. What did he do? It says there in that scripture in Philippians 2.8 that he humbled himself and he obeyed God. Humility. Humility asks you to exchange our self-reliance and self-righteousness for the grace and love of God. What he doesn't ask us to do, and many of us have dealt with this in our lives, is, is that he has not asked us to be self-loathing, self-loathing and self-hatred. <laughs> it, it, it's getting there. I'm, get, I'm almost done. <laughs> he doesn't ask us to hate ourselves. He asks us to humble ourselves. We are loved by God and He wants us to receive and agree with the love that He's died for that we might be able to have. Jesus had a different goal than popularity. He wanted true disciples out of His life. He wasn't wanting to be like, He was wanting to be patterned after. Follow the example of the world And it seeks to go higher, but you follow the example of Jesus and it seems to go lower. Humility takes you down to the very root of our hearts. To be humble is to be dependent on God to submit to Him and abandon all outcomes to Him. Without God, we have nothing or are nothing, but with God, we have everything. Now, this, this statement is important. Not everyone who was part of your history. Listen, this is going to be a healing word for some of you. Not everyone who is part of your history is part of your destiny. Okay. And there's something that God wants to do. He's got to read. Satan loves. He uses pain and trauma. He uses fear. Not everybody that's been part of your history is going to be part of your destiny. And that formulated thought pattern that's been in your life. Some of you need healing this morning. It's, it's set you on a course where your ladder keeps getting on the wrong wall. And it's got you in areas you're just going, this is not where I want to be. I want to be over there. So don't you think Jesus had his stuff together? <laughs> Didn't, wasn't he a confident man? He was a bold man, but he was known. He took that step of humility to show us, and, and not only he, he released what God wanted to do. It's not just acts of confidence and boldness that Jesus had. 
it was also actions of obedience. And so let me, let me say this about humility. Obedience forces our faith into the light. Obedience forces our faith into the light. Humility will set you in shadows, but obedience will bring you into the light. If you practice humility in the closet, you will not have to be afraid of your obedience in the public. Obedience is not self-imposed. It is God-ordained. Through His Spirit and through His Word, humility is the perfect environment for bold obedience to grow in. If, you know, just go, how strong are we? What do we need to say? How do we need to do it? It's like, get along with God. Find God because in humility is the perfect environment for bold action in obedience to God. And here's, here's the thing. A lot of people love the humility of God because they think that's where they can hide. And God's going, if you're going to be obedient, I'm going to send you out. It's, it's going to require action and obedience on your part. <clears throat> here's the second truth. Patterns are empowered through perspective. Patterns are empowered through perspective. It's, impo- it, it, it's impossible to change a pattern until you change your perspective or your mind. Your perspective filters everything you see and hear. You're just, just going, I, I didn't mean to say it that way. I didn't say it that way. I don't know why you're, you know, your, your filters are up and your fence level is higher and you're, you may be reacting to something that happened to you 20, 30 years ago and you're still in conflict over that. And the reason is because there is a thought pattern that still hasn't come under submission of God. If left to ourselves, our perspective will be shaped by the five common conforming life patterns of this world, fear, pain, and trauma, flesh, environment, teaching, and education. But you can see your reality. (laughs) Here's, Here's the thing. You can see your perspective. You can see your reality when you talk. Your mouth will always reveal the perspective you have. So what have you been talking about lately? Because you're going, oh, I'm glad I'm not mic'd. These Teen Challenge guys were talking, and this one guy was talking about how God's going to reveal everything in your life one day, everything's been recorded kind of thing. And this other guy got up from Teen Challenge and goes, I just want to know how I can burn the camera. <laughs> I don't want anything. And, you know, it's just like, man, by grace, thank you, God. He, he, he ruins the camera. He destroys a film. He absolutely saying, let me, let me step this out for you. Let me walk this through. Now, listen, David is an example of this. And the, the greatest story we could do and, and hear about it and learn about it was David and Goliath. And David and Goliath, man, it's an awesome story. But the reason that David was exceptional because he was, he was a different kind of man because he had a different kind of mind. Do you know of all the people who are standing there that day for 40 days where Goliath was, that as many men were capable to do what David did, that had, but they were traumatized, they were in fear, their environment said, we can't do this. They were limited, but David had a different mind. In our day and time, we can feel overwhelmed by an adversary, be it a person, a circumstance, a habit, a temptation, a financial problem, a family issue, a sickness, or a physical issue. Something in our life where we feel like we are outmatched. 
we feel like we're outmatched. And some of you, I really say, I would say probably half of us in this room, in one area of our life, feel outmatched. There's a Goliath. The story of David and Goliath gives us hope, man. I, I am so easily distracted. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and I love it in a way. So here's something important. Most soldiers in Israel could do, have done what David did if they could only have thought like David thought. So it's like, man, how did I get that? Don't you love to be around influential people? You know what influential people are? They're people who are able to get you to conform to their thinking. Good influential people get you to conform to their thinking. And it's like, how could I get that thinking? And you know, God, actually in Proverbs it says that, that wisdom shouts in the streets. And it's like, how, how do I get that? How do I listen to that? It's like, well, if it's in the streets and it's all loud, you've got to learn how to hear it. You've got to learn how to hear his voice. David's victory wasn't how he fought, it was how he thought. Forty days of Israel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, this is great. This, in this life, though, you're going good and then there's distraction. You know, you're going, how'd I get over here? And it's just wrecking you. And you're just going, man, I want traction. I want something to really work in my life. And I'm, I want out of this chaotic mess that keeps getting me straight. Here's, here's what it is. It's not working. <laughs> right? And we're just like, here's the crazy thing too. I, I have four kids. Carol and I took them to McDonald's just for the purpose of not going insane. And... <laughs> And we took them there, and here's three of the four. They're all playing into the things, and all of a sudden it gets deathly quiet. And and it's like, why are they why are they not moving? Why? Are, well, they all got the poop signal going on or something. I don't know what it is. It, they, at all th- three of the four had a play-doh moment in their diaper. And but here's here's our one girl. That, you know, it's not working girl who can't stand it. She's the only one who can't stand it in her diaper. And after, you know, the deed is done for the other two, they're back at it. Of course, you're, the room, I mean, the area is changing just because of the <laughs> volume of things happening in there. So Carol and I are just laying on tables, trying to get them all changed up and all of that. But, but I'm just, and I was thinking about this, and God says, and this is how you act sometimes. You're out playing, everything's great, but you know, it's not working, it's not good. You, you, your diaper's full and you don't, you're pretending it's not. And God is, is just saying, hey, I, I've got a solution. I want to move you in a better position. Our obedience to God's marching orders. Well, let me say, what, what's cool is when David, who thought different than everybody thought, he fought different because of it. And when David slayed Goliath, he cut off his head. You know why? So he wouldn't talk anymore. He had to shut up. You're defying. David gathered around him 37 great men. And what David started when he killed one giant, he started a season of giant killing among all men. 
there was something that happened. Maybe you're, maybe you, you're the giant killer, and that will resonate in other people's life to think differently. But 37 mighty men, one guy killed 800 men in one battle. One guy killed 300 men with the spear. One guy fought a lion in a snowy day down in a pit. And he fought two ugly guys from Moab. <laughs> and then one of, Jonathan, his, his nephew, killed a giant that had six fingers and six toes on each hand and each feet. And just, blah, hey. <laughs> it's going, man. You know, these guys, even the scrawny guys were killing giants. Because somebody who thought differently was able to speak and influence and have everyone else conform to a different level of thinking. How did David, how David thought influenced how they walked? David took a group of men who were terrified at the sight of Goliath and turned them into mighty men and giant killers all through renewing their minds. Here's the third truth. God's purposes will seldom coincide with our preferences. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I want to sleep in today, God. And he goes, no, no, we're having a talk. <laughs> Many serve when it's convenient, not out of conviction. I think that's what, you know, that's what we have t-shirts made. You know, out of conviction. You know, straight out of conviction. I'm doing it straight out of conviction, not convenience. The Thessalonians said they welcomed with joy. Our obedience to God's marching orders can be manipulated by our feelings. Greatness only occurs when we allow godly perspective, develop godly life patterns. You can defeat the giants and the Goliaths in your life right now, but you will have to think differently. There has to be a change in the mindset. And it's not just being positive. It's learning how to humble yourselves and come to God and be obedient when He says to step out. Choose your own path and ask God. You can either choose your own path and ask God to bless it, or you ask God to reveal the path and you follow it. That's what a true disciple does. It's easy to learn to live with certain problems, obstacles, and fears. To manage and, and cope with life and emotions rather than overcome them. We can learn to live with a Goliath at us day by day, taunting us again and again. You may have had a season of problems. You may have had an episode of failure. You may have sensed and experienced defeat. But that is in the past and today is a new day for you. This is a new day and a new thought. God is going to move in our hearts. So here, I'm going to just wrap this up with saying this. And it is, fear is expecting Satan to move. Faith is expecting God to move. Fear is obsessed with the negative effect of failure. And here's that last part. Faith is obsessed with the positive consequence of obedience. I want to have this obsession with the positive consequence. Without faith, it says in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. And some of you have been challenged. And I'll tell you, most of the challenge that's going on is because you have been tempted to conform to thoughts you know are not yours. You've been frustrated and this Goliath has been taunting and taunting and speaking. You'll never, it's not going to happen. There's going to be failure. You're, 
you're, I see some that's it's possible that you've looked down the road for about three years because of this situation. You're going, it's going to take me about three years to overcome this. And I don't know who that is. I, I see a wayward child. Uh, I see a wayward son or daughter that that is just going, man, it's going to take them about three years. I see that too. Uh, that you, you've accepted the taunting of the enemy, of a giant in your life, and he's given you, and you have thought how long this is going to take to recover, and I'm telling you, you don't have to submit to those thoughts. God has a purpose for you, and you don't have to do that. And, and really, before this morning, you didn't realize that you were conforming to fear in your life in the words that's been coming out of it, but we need to cut the head off the giant. He needs to shut up in your life. And you're going to be obedient to God. Won't you stand with me this morning? I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all, don't stand. What are y'all doing? <laughs> uh, okay. So some of y'all really need some voices shut up. And there's an environment some of you are in and you're, you're just frustrated a lot. Listen, don't be, you don't need to be frustrated. You just have to recognize that people who are far from God are always trying to give their opinions and advice. And they don't fit you. It's like Saul trying to give David his armor. It's not going to fit. It's not going to fit. And they're good people. They mean well. But there's some of the unsettledness and uncomfortableness you have is because you don't listen to that voice. You don't have to have an opinion about them. You just have to realize, oh, I I am persuaded and moved by I'm conformed to a different voice in my life. So God today as we crush the enemy because of the goodness of our God and the voice of God that wants to speak this morning. There's a conformity you're calling us into. You're actually giving some of us just a wake up call going, oh, I'm man, I've I've been influenced and I need to get back to the what I know is true. But some this morning, we're just going to defy and call out fear in the name of the Lord that does not belong in our hearts, that has found its way to create new worry and new stress in our life. That is a conforming and We will not submit to that. We will not cope and learn how to live in this life apart from God. We will not live in that fear because that is apart from God. God, we ask for your voice and your clear instruction in our lives. I ask that today, God, that, that there's this area of pain and trauma that may be recent or have been there for years and it has caused us to have a strong voice in our life and we focus and we point it out and we say, you no longer have a strong voice in my life. You're just a statement. You're not the true voice of my life and I submit to the voice of God. I come into and conform to the Word of God. I am not just a believer who looks for the Scriptures that blesses me, but I am a disciple who looks to God to lead me. And God, I submit to You. And I will not conform to the voice that is trying to get me to tremble and to stay in an unforgiving position in my life or a, a position that makes me feel like everything's going to fall apart. Lord, I, I come to You and in my flesh, I, I say You submit to the Word of God that you have no role in my life. And though you seem bold and you seem loud and you seem out of the box sometimes against me, you're just a howling monkey. 
you're not from God. In God, your voice is stronger and mightier and has authority in it. And I submit to you, when it comes to my environment, God, I, I just re- reflect on <clears throat> what is influencing me and what I'm allowing to influence me. I, I refuse to allow things to speak in my life like I've allowed them. And I come to you, God, and ask you to speak in my life. And Lord, lastly, I just thank you for moving me from an educated mindset that allows me to hear the best presented voice and submitting to it rather than to hear the godly voice and submitting to that. Lord, I come to you and I just say, Father, have your way in your people. We ask for healing today. We ask for restoration today. We move from an influence almost conformed to going, whoo, I missed that. Thank you, God, for getting me back in your walls, getting you, me back into the voice that wants to speak life to me, that wants me to have boldness in my life, that I would walk with a brilliance about me because your word is alive and it changes things. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks this morning. <clears throat> Amen. Amen.